So there's a situation there where you must understand what sin is and what, you know, separation from God is and, and, and um, you know, confess to turn your back on that life and move into a life of, of living for God. So that was John's baptism, that they were baptized into uh, faith in Jesus Christ and turn away from the world. Uh, but this says he was baptized to the devil and you know we dedicate babies as well you know you can offer them up to the lord Uh, we do that more as spirit-filled people we believe in the parent being able to speak for the child until the child's able to speak for himself but here he says he was baptized to the devil so i'm not sure if you when when we receive christ we are drawn by the Holy Spirit, but the invitation is made to everybody. You know, understand? So nobody knows when God is moving on your heart and telling you that it's your time where you understand uh, the gospel, you understand eternal life and all those kinds of things. And God will draw you in to make a decision for him. It's not clear to me how you get picked for this job. You got me? How you this baptized to the devil, how that occurs. It's not certain if if his family, it may be that his family was uh, uh, already Satan worshipers and they felt that that would be the next logical thing for somebody in their family. And or there is a, a false call to people to serve Satan as witch doctors and as witches. Uh, people say uh, certain individuals and families are born with what they call a veil over their life or over their face. And so they uh, respond to that as some kind of call uh, to a ministry, but not the ministry of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you'll find it in families. You'll find that, uh, you know, they, they uh, tend to think sevens are significant with that type of a call if you're the seventh generation or seventh child of a seventh child or something like that then that means that you're special and you're gifted and called out to be that way Uh, nowadays it's so common now to see people talk about being mediums and all that kind of stuff but it seems like people just volunteer for it you know and that's pretty much what happens if you spend enough time seeking the devil and his power he'll respond to you at some time in some way and so we have to understand that that call goes out i think to whosoever will respond And there are some people that are so given over to the enemy's power that they will offer their children up. Uh, You know, you see in the Bible, it's certain types of religions, Baal worshipers would sacrifice their children to Baal, you know, or have them walk through fire. That was another sacrifice that they would offer to the God of Baal. And so we have to understand that these things are real. We don't understand uh, how they happen or how these maybe these people are chosen. Maybe they are not. But I know that anybody can resist the devil if they submit to God. You got me? So you don't have to follow this life uh, if you if you really don't want to follow this life. And also, if you get trapped into this life, people can pray for you, intercede for you and get you released from it. 
So this young man, it says here, uh, this is Brother Summerall talking about this young man. He said, if you were to sit down and talk with him, as he has done for hours at a time, you would hear strange things. Unbelievable as it may seem in a mysterious spiritus ceremony, Arlindo was baptized to the devil while in his mother's womb. So you can see he had really no choice about this life. And some people uh, are born and, and they get curious about things and they make their choices, but he was already committed uh, in his mother's womb. The story of Arlindo reveals how real the devil and his demons are today. You must believe, for there is ample documentary evidence to support the facts of this story. Secondly, Arlindo wants you to understand that the devil will possess any human being he possibly can. Notice words possibly. Your job is to make it impossible. Amen. That's you. You're impossible. But you have to, you know, you have to live for God. I mean, you just can't get saved and claim stuff and not really be living a life that's that's pleasing to God. He he protects what belongs to him. He protects what's dedicated to him. He protects those who serve him and who who obey him. And so he says here, he will possess any human he possibly can. He has weaker demons and stronger demons to possess people. Amen. So that's why we always caution people not to flirt with the devil and don't play around with him because he'll get your foot in a snare and then you can't get out of it you know and so it's, it's not that God has left you or anything like that but he likes to ensnare the people so that he can bring stronger forces to assist him to keep us bound and so he says that sometimes one uh, demon may live in a person and sometimes he'll have many of them so it just depends on what the devil is able to have access to and how he's able to uh, to deal your life. That's why when we, when we start out as believers, remember our old sheet of paper, who you are in Christ. We put that in every prayer manual we had because I, I observe people, okay, Gabby, Gabby, do. Give that girl a microphone. She got to say she got a prophecy for us. <laughs> Anywho. But, you know, when we when we uh, started out that way, remember, and I would see people that wanted to be called of God and they didn't know who they were. And so you can't take a call of God and work it through your flesh. You can't take a prophecy from God and work it through your flesh. You've got to leave that thing totally over in the spirit of God. And I found out many people were fascinated with the devil. And just as many people were scared of him. They wanted to wish him away. like he. And I found that as you understood your identity and who you were, is that's so important to know who you are, accept who you are, and live that way. You got me? Don't have any kind of insecurities about, you know, they won't let me do this and I'm going to show them. That's an insecure person. See, if you know who you are, you don't have to show nobody anything. You got me? All you have to do is go, go and be obedient to God. And so if we will just go understanding that we are new creatures, what we're capable of, and, and feed that daily 
increase your understanding of your capacity in God. Let that be your quest to to conform, be conformed to his image, to be transformed as your mind's renewed so that you can can know the hope of your calling. You can prove out what God called. You prove it every day who you are. You prove it by how you live. You prove it by what you bring back to God as fruit in your life. You, that's how you know who you are because you prove it. You're not waiting on something to happen so you can feel fulfilled and happy. You got me? You, you, you're fulfilled already. There's nothing lacking in your life. You just got to tap into how to enjoy it. And you don't enjoy it letting, trying to let other people know you got it. You got me? The Bible says even if you've got faith, you say have it between yourself and God. That ain't, that's, your faith ain't helping me unless you can help me to get a prayer through or something. But whatever you have, you have it to the glory of God. Let that be your rejoicing in him. Let that be your conversation. Let that be your, your relationship with God. To just sit back and reflect on the good things he's done for you. Rejoice in those things. That he's called you into a glorious calling. That he's called you into something much bigger than what you ever thought you would be. And what a wonderful thing it is. You know, that's how we live for God. We don't live out of trying to prove something to people. The minute you start that, you'll prove how crazy you are. God will start exposing your weaknesses and your foolishness to people. So we gotta we gotta get over ourselves, folks. You know, those are those are ways that the enemy gets in. How did he get Eve's attention? Huh? He challenged her identity. He told her, she said he said, Did God really say that? He said, Oh, the reason he said that is because you ain't nothing. He tells that to me. And I used to believe it. But praise God, I don't. I renewed myself out of that lifestyle of believing every negative thing. And see, these, these, if, if the devil gets it, he'll get it through something you like. I can tell you right now how he works. Like in the, the works of the flesh. You, some people like flattery. Some people like people giving them things, you know, to swell their heads. Some people like attention to swell their heads. That's how you get your foot in a snare. You like attention, he'll give it to you. With the wrong people. Sitting up there looking crazy. So stay off of his territory. Stay out of his backyard. Yeah, I remember my mother used to tell us something. And if she said, if you say, why, Mama, you be getting up off the floor. Number one, you see stars before you hit the floor. Number two, you be getting up real slow. Because she didn't have to tell us why. She was our mother. She didn't owe us explanations. Same thing with your conversations with the devil. You don't tell him why nothing. The first thing he's going to do is try to pick at that and argue with you over it. You know, we're kids on our street and they wound up, you know, in, in orange jumpsuits when they got to be teenagers. And you ask, well, mama, why we can't go down there? She ain't going to tell you why. She's going to let you live and see why. 
she could see where they were going, but all we saw was a kid we liked. Be careful what you like. You know, sometimes you got to plead with God to change your likes. Devil, you know, somebody, people used to ask this old question. Can a Christian have a demon? God told me you tell them they can have as many as they want. (laughs) Keep messing around with stuff like that. You got me? Have as many as you want. But God. You fall in love with God, you'll hate the devil. But you can't hate the devil until you really love God. man he said you can't serve two masters you're gonna have one or the other he says me or satan which one you want well then you better act like it if you want me to be your daddy you gotta act like my child Hmm? you gotta act like his child in um luke chapter 8 you see the story of the uh gathering demoniac and how jesus dealt with him and this is always our example this is always our reference point as to how we deal with the forces of darkness. In Luke 8:26, they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. When he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils a long time. Now this man came up to meet him. This is something about the devil he is bold at times and at times confrontational and then at times he's exposed by the anointing so you have to accept all three of these as reasons why they manifest sometimes you will know people have are being oppressed by devils or they're being influenced by them And they may not manifest directly. They manifest sometimes when they're under some kind of pressure. You got me? And and nothing puts pressure on the devil more than the anointing does. Amen. And so uh, my my, um, thought and my feeling has always been that I never let the devil get a lot of attention. I didn't. Now, in Jesus' situation, his is totally different. Totally different than what the believer has as far as what's allowed. A lot of times these things were allowed for teaching and learning purposes and demonstration for those who were watching. Many things Jesus did for those who looked on. You see the the story of Lazarus when he raised him from the dead. And so uh, Jesus says, uh, you know, I thank you that you hear me. But because of these people who are looking on, I'm doing this. You got me? And so there are many, many times where his, his authority is being demonstrated in a way that everybody could see it. The Pharisees especially had to see it. It's always good for unbelievers to see a good casting out and the results of it so that you know what's legitimate work of God and what's not legitimate work of God. Because the devil makes a person roll their eyes back and roll on the floor does not mean that individual is delivered. You got me? And so we have to look at his example and see what, what the points are that we need to, to understand. 
And so he said this man had devils a long time. Okay, So they'd set up housekeeping. They'd build a lifestyle around their possession. They got him to the point where he was just a, uh, a show-off. He'd do anything for attention. Y'all understand me? When you're raising children and you see them acting out, you got to talk to them and you got to get them to understand appropriate behavior and inappropriate behavior. Because little by little, the enemy can get a, a foothold in their lives and it becomes a pattern and a routine that's hard to break. You understand me? Things can be broken. The Bible says the rod will break any any prideful spirit and any rebellious spirit. Man. Now, that don't mean you whack your kids all the time. That means a rod means discipline. You have to discipline them to something. So if you have to spank them, you must explain to them what you expect out of them as normal behavior. Or they will be abnormal, just like this guy right here. You understand me? And so he didn't wear any clothes. He didn't live at home no more. Does that sound like people we see all the time and, and people feel sorry for them and give them money and all that kind of stuff? See, there's a demonic spirit behind homelessness. You understand me? These people have been so influenced. And many times you'll see people who have been on drugs and that's how they got homeless. And that's what the devil does. He influences them through witchcraft, through drugs. And that's why we got so much of it now. Now we got people wanting to legalize everything that, that's, that you can snort and shoot up. And see, this is not good because everything will be taken over by witchcraft if we're not careful. But you keep your, you and your family, you keep away from this kind of stuff. You know, if you see people that don't have a home to live in, you pray real hard before you let them come in there. Because it's nothing like a, a, a pity party Christian. That'll let somebody that's almost demon possessed come and stay with him and upset your life terribly. God has called you to peace. And trust me, the government has enough money poured into shelters, homeless shelters, that people can have a roof over their heads and something to eat. You understand me? And it's set up the way it is so they don't get comfortable in that environment. So here this man didn't live in the house. He lived in the tombs with the dead because he serves the God of the dead, not the God of the living. And so it says when Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he cried out fell before him, said with a loud voice, what have I to do with you? What are you messing with me for, Jesus? Huh? Son of the Most High. See, devils know him from way back. The devils know who he is before the people did. This devil got more sense than most Pharisees. Because the Pharisees rejected him and killed him. The devil at least know, know who he is. He said, don't torment me. So this is what the anointing does to them. It torments them. Got me? That's why they scream. That's why they holler. That's why they throw people down and make them foam at the mouth. Because they are tormented. They're happy as long as they get somebody to live in and you cooperate with them. But that's when they're at their, their best. When you start raising up and saying no, that's when you got trouble. 
but keep saying no because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world amen it says he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man so really he told that devil to come out of him and he begged him not to torment him now there is a time when all demons will be locked up in hell we know that and will be tormented but they know that that time isn't now because there are certain events that must happen before then. And so they know that it's kind of out of time. But they know their time is short too. And he says he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man for oftentimes it had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and fetters and he broke them. So there are devils strong enough to break chains. That's why it's good when you've got authority, don't go wrestling with nobody. Come on now, folks. Now let's grow up and get beyond that. Authority is, is done with your words and with the spirit. It's not with you physically trying to tackle somebody. Or trying to make them barf or any of that foolishness. You stay in the spirit with this. And God will feed you in information, word of wisdom, word of knowledge to tell you how to deal with these things. But the worst thing in the world is to get combated and strive with anybody that's in an angry spirit or negative spirit. You don't strive with people like that. Come on now. We've, we've got stronger weapons than that. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. Carnal weapons are weak weapons. You have something much stronger than that in God. You have the anointing. You have angelic protection. You have the power of God. And you're not doing this for a show. You're doing it for the glory of God. So you just stay in your little spot. Speak to that thing and stand your ground. And don't let it get the upper hand. Huh? Don't let it get the upper hand. Don't let it talk back to you. Try to reason with, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just cut it out and stay with your authority. And so he says, Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, legion, because many devils were entered into him. Well, a legion was a whole lot more than five or six. You got me? A Roman legion, I think it was 6,000, was it, soldiers? Or 10,000, something like that. But you know, the devil's always trying to inflate his power. He's going to exaggerate and lie and tell you, oh, it's a whole bunch of us in here. You know, let me let you listen to this one. And you know how these people with the multiple personalities and stuff, that's probably one devil that's very theatrical. I was going to say thespian, but that sounds too much like lesbian, so I'm going to stay away from that. One Shakespearean devil, probably left from way back in that time. But we're going to say it's a lot of them in there because, you know, we have nothing to, to refute it here. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. That is into hell. They all are afraid of being locked up in hell forever. 
And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. They asked him, begged him if they would let him enter the, the swine, and he let him go into the swine. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the swine ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Now that was, that was going to be that man if they had been allowed to stay in here. But we see that they are many because he went into a whole herd of, we don't know what a herd consists of, but it was strong enough to influence that whole herd to obey him and go and drown. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went into a, a far country. Now this is the fear that the anointing puts on people when it has authority over devils. Why? Because weak flesh is just as scared as the devil is of the authority of God. You got me? So weak flesh will respond almost in the same way as a demon will at the anointing and the authority of God. You see that with people that that have authority in the natural realm. You know, your boss calls you in. Your knees start knocking. And you go to sweating and you go to shaking because that's what authority does to weak flesh. You got me? So this is not unusual. This is very, very normal for this type of situation. They came back and they, uh, it, it says they also, they, they saw the man clothed in his right mind. And this is the result when you really have power with God. That person will return to normal immediately. Amen. They don't have to go into anger management. They don't have to go to group therapy. They don't have to go to any kind of management. They just need to receive what God has, the freedom that God has for them. It says, they also, which saw it, told them by what means the guy was healed. And the whole multitude of the country round about besought him to go away, for they were taken with great fear. And this is what the power of God, this is God walking among men, folks. And that's what the, that authority does. And there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do to change that. Because God gives you that authority to do good and not evil. You got me? It's to do good and not evil. You know, uh, women, you know, when your your kids see daddy coming home and everybody shapes up. and you, I wish they would do that for me. Well, thank God they do it for somebody. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if your stuff get raggedy around there, you got a backup. And we all need a backup, folks. So don't begrudge him of his authority. You understand what I'm saying? His authority is probably what it is because he doesn't use it that often. You don't have to get heavy handed with people on a continual basis. You got me? Sometimes restraint is more powerful than unleashing everything all the time. Praise God. So Jesus walked in a, walked a life of discipline and great restraint. He walked in that anointing when it was necessary. And the Bible says he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So this is part of his doing good. He healed this man. He cast the devil out and that brought healing to this man and he was whole. He went. He wanted to. He wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, "No, go to your house and show everybody how great things God has done." And this story was published throughout. You know, could you imagine the people that would get converted 
and to to want to hear from Jesus, hear more from this man because he walked in such authority. And this man who has been a terror to the neighborhood is now in his right mind and he's clothed and he's back with his family and it's peace there and there's contentment there. You got me? The cocaine addict that gets delivered, same story. You got me? The drug addict that gets delivered, the marijuana smoker, all of those things. These people, when people get delivered, they have the same uh, story. So this is is what happens when the demon possession leaves a person. They have a great testimony. They are changed. They are normal. They go back to their normal life routine that they had before the devil came in. And took possession of him. We don't know how this happened to this man. We don't know if, if maybe he was a rebellious type. And just went to further and further and further rebellion. You don't know if, if he got uh, was sacrificed when he was young or something like this. You just don't know. But the remedy's always the same. See it makes no difference how they got in that condition. What's the most important thing is Jesus is the cure. His people have the authority to take authority over demons and, and, and take them and keep them bound in such a way that there's peace in a household. Got me? You don't have to fear somebody coming home. I wonder if they're going to be drunk or high or whatever, whatever. God gives you authority to keep peace in a household. Amen. You've got to remember who you are at all times. You can't just put up with people's nonsense. You can't put up with their rebellion you know you can't put up with their uh disagreement of everything you have to curb some of that stuff you know and and make sure it stays within normal limits and that person can live a normal life and uh, they can can be successful in life that's what god put them right here on earth to be demon possession keeps you from being successful in life just totally turns your life upside down and God wants us to be successful. He wants us to overcome every obstacle and every adversary. So we have to keep praying toward that end and keep encouraging people to be what God has called them to be, nothing less. You got me? You don't settle for less. You don't let them stop and, and take a detour and you know, want to go explore over here. You keep pressing in for that. Take authority over these devils. Tell them you don't own my child. You get your hands off my child. You don't have anything to do with us over here. Men, so you, you, and watch that. Watch their associations. Even when they're grown. More when they're grown. You got me? They don't never, ever outgrow their need for intercession and for somebody watching over their souls. They, they have a great need for that still. So you don't let them get that far away. So praise God. So anyway, he says, uh, he says here, back to our, our book, uh, some, sometimes one person lives with, a, one demon lives within a person, sometimes many. Thirdly, you must know that demon power, as real and strong as it is, is no power, is no match for the power of God. So you got to always, at the end of every thought, the greater one lives in me. Amen. The greater one lives in my child. The greater one will speak to my child. The greater one will speak to them. Amen. Devils cannot cross the blood of Jesus Christ to harm humans. Now, what does that mean? Cannot cross the blood. When is the blood applied to your life? When you're obedient. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. It's when you're obedient to God. 
and when you walk in righteousness. See, there's no law against righteousness. No law. That means there's no curse coming. No devil can violate your life and come in there uninvited because if you live the life of a righteous person, then there's nothing that the devil can accuse you with. There's nothing that he can just come and, and influence your life and deceive you and, and uh, trip you up and all that kind of stuff. You, you walk in the spirit with God. And the Bible says you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You got me? And so when you, that's your protection is your obedience to God. Obedience is not a bad word. Submission is not a bad word. You know, people who endeavor to be obedient, you know, not everything is legalism. You know, get that idea out of your brain and try to figure out what the blood has done for you and quit worrying about legalism and all that other kind of nonsense. You know, that's an old argument. It's as old as the church is. You know, the early church found that the legalists want to come and spy out their liberty. Find out why they were so happy and they were so joyful and all that kind of stuff. So that argument's been around forever. But that you don't make that your life. You know, it's not a life work for you. Your life work should be preaching the gospel and making disciples of all men. Not arguing with doctrine of the church and all that kind of nonsense. Just grow up and move on. And so once we understand that, then we'll understand what it means when he says he cannot cross the blood. The blood must be applied. You understand me? I said it must be applied. In Egypt, he said, put the blood, not just eat that animal and have dinner, but don't forget to put the blood over the doorpost because when I see that, I pass over. It's not when you say you're saved and tell me when you got saved and all this other kind of juicy stuff. It's when I see the blood, I pass over. You got me? He says the beautiful hymn safe in the arms of Jesus is literally true and could be sung every day and not just at funerals. So I guess that was something that's from his uh, his history. The other thing that you have is that Jesus name is above every name when it's spoken in faith. Amen. By believers in, in, in situations where you need his help. That name brings every spiritual force to bear. That you need to help you in that situation. I was watching a, a, a one of those goofy shows, uh, you know, most whatever, true TV, most shocking, stupidest, world's dumbest, you know, all that kind of world stupid stuff. But anyway, there was they showed a videotape uh, in a, a store, and this woman, I, I think it was like a Seven Eleven or something, and this guy came in with a gun. And she said, in the name of Jesus, I tell you, get the, get out of here, take that gun and get out of here in Jesus' name. Now, that's not something that you just make up to do. You got me? And don't get any false courage in you. Bring it on, devil, and all this kind of nonsense you hear people say. Because in order for her to say that and have been effective, the gift of faith must be in operation on her words. Not just pocket change faith, believing God for something. But the supernatural gift of faith comes upon you to get you out of dangerous, life-threatening situations. You got me? So that was 100% Holy Ghost 
come upon that woman because he knew it would work and she wouldn't get shot. You got me? There's all kind of people trying to work something and they don't have it. Snake people die. Snake handlers die every day trying to prove that they got authority. Trying to prove Mark 16 instead of just believing it and go on your merry way. They got to stop and figure that one out and try to prove it's real. And they swell up and die every day. If you read the book of Acts, Paul already proved it's real. I mean, to me, if God does and proves his word one time, it's real as far as I'm concerned. I don't need to have to go challenge it every time you look around. What's wrong with people? They think, they think church is a game. They think it's a game. They think it's their arena to show how much they know. They need to just be sat down. No, they just haven't been in a church where there was discipline, reverence for God in order. They just never been in a place like that. So we we have that authority through the name of Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit needs to augment your faith and add more to it, he will do that himself. You got me? The reason it worked is because the Holy Spirit was with her. Not because she can go around commanding everything, you know, at will. All right. So uh, a growing movement. I urge you not to dismiss spiritism as a cult of fanatics associated with jungle or primitive environment. Spiritism is rapidly growing, is a rapidly growing movement. It flourishes worldwide. Now, at the time Brother Summerall wrote this, I'm not sure, but he, he did a lot of his work during the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And a little bit in the 70s. But most of his revelation is like from that era. And so we have to realize that if he said it was a growing movement, it's grown a lot since he wrote this. He says also, it's, it flourishes worldwide. Brazil is a world leader in spiritism. Professor A.C. Pacheco y Silva, in his authoritative book, A Umamba Umbanda no Brazil said this evil is so great that it can ruin this nation. Got me? So the devil is very rampant. You can tell too about the migration of certain kinds of spiritual influences and where they go, where they find their abode, where they find um, uh, uh, refuge. And homosexual spirits, they say, are, are, uh, have infiltrated all of the beaches there now. In fact, um, their uh, carnival is similar to Mardi Gras. You know, when they all flocked to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and then Katrina came, and it destroyed everything. So now they've moved over to Rio, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. They have a lot of young children living on the streets over there. A lot of child prostitution and stuff like that. And you know, even parents will send their children out to make money that way. And so it's a it's a breeding ground. Same thing with, you know, where they had that big tsunami over. Um, uh, it was, what, about five, six years ago where it just totally killed a couple hundred thousand people. That was very rampant over there, too. 
rich Europeans, Americans, all the wealthy people would go there and they would just have kid after kid after kid lined up for these perverted people. And so you see that these things spread. They, they Demons com- command each other and they command them to let's go over here because nobody's watching and we can do this over here undetected. And so when we pray for these things, you have to remind yourself that, that the authority of God, the word of God, is what needs to be established in these places so that God can prevail. There are certain churches there that have grown to tens of thousands, and I mean tens of thousands of active people, not just numbers on a roll. You know, you say, you look at somebody's video and they say they got 10,000 members in their auditorium only seats 3,000. Something wrong there. If he could get them all to come to church, it'd be a miracle. You see what I'm saying? But they have tens of thousands of churches where people pray continually and do street evangelism. Why? Because they have to confront this power in some way. You know, you you confront it in your generation so it won't engulf your children and your grandchildren. And so we have to fight these things, folks. But he says here, it will ruin the nation of Brazil. Arlindo says, you must realize that not all you hear about witch doctors is true of every witch doctor. I know a very the very name brings cold chills down the spine of most sophisticated moderns. A witch doctor is not necessarily an ugly person a depraved or wild man. He does not have to be a destroyer of human life or a cursor of mankind with woeful ills. Arlindo told me several times that when any witch doctor claims he does only good, you can't believe him. He may want to do good, but the devil will do evil through him while he's in a trance. So the devil really doesn't need your cooperation or your faith to do anything. In order for God to work through you, he needs your cooperation and your faith. You got me? That's, that's a, a law. That's a law of God's kingdom. When, when we talk about uh, ask in faith, that means you have to decide to use your faith and put it in God. You must decide to put your trust in God. You make the decision. He won't make it for you. He will send you the word. He will try to convince you. He will try to show you his goodness so that you can trust him. But he's more into blessing seekers. You know for yourself if you gave your children everything they asked for and they didn't have to do anything, you'd spoil them. And you want to kick yourself for doing it. You got me? And so you don't do that. You don't push blessings on people. You require a life of obedience from them, and then you let the blessings go and find them. You got me? People will find you with things that they want to bless your life with. That's how that works. So he says, the devil will do evil through him while he is in a trance, and he has no knowledge of what he's doing. Arlindo, the Brazilian witch doctor, said it was Jesus, whom I had never known, who walked into my room in a dream And told me witchcraft was wrong. I believed him and sought for the true light of God. Every day I thank God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit for awakening me out of, of, from my night of darkness and bondage and bringing me into the glorious light of his truth. So you see, Jesus told him one thing, and that's this was wrong. You got me? Once people know truth, then that truth 
forces them to make a decision about it. You either believe it or you don't. And he said he chose to believe Jesus when he told him it was wrong. And so he says, I now give my testimony to help bring others into this light of heaven and the light of eternal salvation. So this is the, the good result of, of this man being delivered. This is how you know he's delivered from demon possession. Because he now lives for God. He has a valid testimony that God uses to draw other people to the light and the truth. And in the fruit has changed. The fruit from his life now has gone from darkness into the light of God. Amen. All right. Why don't we take our quiz. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God is good. Get in your word. And you let God show you. Chuck, you want to, Nola, you and Chuck can pass these out for me and we get our, our quiz taken. It's a wonderful thing to know. Thanks, Chuck. It's a wonderful thing to know the Lord and to know truth and not have fear. Amen. You don't have to fear anything. Not one thing. read you know if you can read you can remember praise god it's an open book test so if you need to look through auntie's book or mom's book or somebody's book you find your answers in there
everybody finished? Praise God. Oh, let me get my... Arlindo, the witch doctor, was baptized to the devil while in his mother's womb. Number two, the devil will possess any human he can. The operative word there is can. Satan has weaker and stronger demons to possess people. Demon power is no match for the power of God. Devils cannot cross the blood of Jesus to harm any human being. One or many demons may live in one person. Spiritism is a rapidly growing movement. Brazil is a world leader in spiritism. Dr. Isilva says spiritism is so great it can ruin Brazil. According to Arlindo, when a witch doctor says he does only good, you cannot believe him. Eleven, witch doctors may want to do good, but evil spirits will get him into a trance where he has no control over what he does. Arlindo had a visitation from Jesus who told him witchcraft was wrong. All right. How many of you got them all right? All right. <laughs> all right. Praise God. So uh, pass them up. Whoever pass them out, collect them again and give them to Shannon. Here, uh, Nola, you can stick them in this envelope when you get them all and give them to Shannon Crowley. All right. We're going to get ready to go uh, for lunch. I'm going to pray over our meal. Father in heaven, we thank you for blessing our bread and water, taking sickness from the midst of us. Bless this time of fellowship, one with another. Let us eat a nourishing food, Father, that nourishes us. Help us to eat well and live well. And we thank you, Father, that our food is medicine for our bodies and, and uh, health to us. And we thank you for blessing it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God.